Hey, this is Amy Bernier, and this is the very first episode of the Being Brave podcast. I am so, so excited to be here with you, Debbie, today, and I'm so excited to be doing this podcast in the first place. It's been on my heart for a long, long time, and this is the, you know, the inaugural episode. Oh my gosh, you know, dreams do become reality. Now the inspiration and the thinking and the and actually the, the really the feeling behind this podcast and being brave is that your story matters. Who you are matters and making the brave choice of choosing how you want your life to go is the bravest thing that you can possibly do. So the way this podcast is going to work so far is I'm going to bring on people to this podcast who have a story to tell you. They have a story of how they've been brave. And in most instances, my, my guests have been brave on so many levels for so long that it's actually challenging to come up with one story to tell. So this is going to be an hour-long conversation about bravery and how Debbie Slazer has embraced bravery in her life in all the ways that she'd like to share today. So instead of summing up your brave story in one sentence and, and, and approaching it that way, Debbie, I would love for you to introduce yourself, if you don't mind. In Not at all. What is, first of all, what is your definition of being brave? And then tell us a little bit more about a time when you've been brave in your own life. Got it. I'm delighted to be here with you, Amy, and with everyone that may listen in whatever time or space that they're in. I'm delighted to be here and thank you for asking me. Absolutely. So, I love this topic of being brave because we all are every day in small ways, in big ways, in whatever ways, and we obviously don't recognize it when we are being brave. And usually, you know, there are things that that happen at sort of a big, bigger level in our lives, whether it's regarding a relationship or having a child or jumping off into a transition with a new job or whatever it is. Um, we, we oftentimes kind of connect the dots with being brave around something big. But for me, oh my gosh, there is a lot of magic in just the little things we do every day that would constitute being brave. I, for me, um, I've got a story and I'm going to dive into it. And uh, um, for probably, I will say this, probably the bravest moment in my life has not happened yet. <laughs> Like what would constitute for me being brave possibly has not even happened yet. What feels like I have been brave in the past, really brave around the subject I want to tell you about today uh, is kind of huge. So I see myself as many things, a healer, a spiritual teacher, a thought leader. And I believe I'm in the business of being who I am, laughing, enjoying other people, loving what I'm about, and, um, and of course, spiritual wisdom. So again, thank you for inviting me here today. So launching into one of the times, the bravest times of my life, uh, yikes, I was almost 40 years old. And 
Drum roll, please. I came out. Here it comes. I came out of the closet, the gay one. And I had lived with that huge secret for so many years and lived with the shame and the guilt and begged God to change me. And I finally realized one day that who I am or was is completely and perfectly whole, that there was nothing wrong with me. I don't know why it took me so long to get to that place. Probably some of the catalyst was I was just tired, so tired of hiding and pretending and lying. That was literally eating me alive. Mm -hmm. And keeping that secret, it was just too big for me anymore. I couldn't do it. And I could tell all around me, you know, things were starting to collapse. Mm -hmm. Relationships. Would you mind talking about um, or speaking to like what, so around the age of 40, you chose to co come out of the gay closet and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and you're speaking of hiding and feeling shame and feeling fear and just being totally tired of, you know, of, of creative, holding up this facade and, you know, wearing this mask for so long. What kinds of things, what was that like? Like how did fear and shame and all of these things, how did that show up in your life? Like what was, what was your life like before you decided to say, this is who I am. I am whole and complete as I am. What was it like before? Dark. Um, I, I tried to make the best of it, obviously, because I believe myself to be a pretty happy-go-lucky person. And um, I was heavily involved in the teaching space of young children. I, um, that was back in the mid-80s to mid-90s. Um, there was, I was heavily involved in a church organization. Um, and there was just a shit ton. Is it okay if I say shit? Oh my God. Oops. You can use all the curse words in the world. Like I could never put a rule like that on the podcast because I would be the first person to violate it. I forgot to ask, but yes. I feel, there was like, I feel like part of the, the dynamic of this podcast that I'd like to, to bring to the table is openness openness 100 percent openness so how you decide to describe your situation the words that you use is totally welcome totally 100 percent welcome okay cool so there was a shit ton of <laughs> shame and expectation and really the bottom line for me is i equated all of this the way and there weren't that many people treating me even in an ugly way, but there was this expectation surrounded by who I was or who they believed I was and that there was, and they made that wrong. Mm -hmm. And, oh, big breath. So when, when I began to realize that, you know what, who I am is, is who I am. I'm a, and yeah, I started kind of, 
literally thinking more about um, the positive aspects of my personality, of who I was and how people felt when they were around me because they would tell me. And I thought, well, there's this one thing you don't know about me. And if you knew it, I wonder if that would change your perspective of who you you see me as. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot, there were a couple of people that knew, I think they knew it in their knower. Mm -hmm. They didn't know it from me confessing to them or telling them or choosing to be that vulnerable with them Mm -hmm. because I felt so much like I really had to protect myself Uh, in the space I was in, I was living in a very conservative Bible belt town. Yeah. And speak to that. I think if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit more to that, because I've, I've interacted with, you know, many gay people who have that upbringing. And so that upbringing of conservative Christian, in most cases, um, upbringing where they literally grew up thinking that they were wrong and that they were going to go to hell. And do you mind speaking to that at all? Um, Because I actually don't have a lot of religious experience, personal religious experience. So I'm curious as to, you know, did you have that, did you feel that? Did you have that experience of of feeling that you, who you were was wrong in some way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like everything about who I was lined up, like, you, you know, you're struggling in enough. Right, being a human, right? Right, right. (laughs) Then you add on to this that that there's this this particular way that you're supposed to show up and do things, and there's this one camp of people that don't do that, that are going to this place called hell, and there's another camp of people that do choose to follow the rules that are going to heaven. Like I really believed that I was an abomination, and that I super super struggled with. I, I want to be in heaven. I, 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 could not, I could not reconcile that I was this loving person to everyone I met. And I wanted to give of my gifts, but I felt like there was this part of me that was such an abomination and in so much shame and begging God to change me and just make me straight or hetero or whatever you want to say. Right. Uh, in the gay world (laughs) that makes me think there's a a a term uh where we we might refer to straight couples as breeders (laughs) oh yeah totally (laughs) which is not judgmental but um so yes i really really struggled living in a place where not just my upbringing not just where i lived physically but that I was in, I had introspectively taken on all of this baggage about who I was supposed to be, like how I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that the, that that was the only way I was going to go to heaven. I mean, that was really the only way was to be straight. And that was the only ticket, everything else in my life. You know, I felt like I could tick the boxes, like, Check, yeah, I'm that, check, yeah, I'm that, woo, and I could check a hundred and then I'd get to that one and it'd right. be like, I, I am, I am. So it was difficult and it surprises me that even today, you know, I talked with some, I talk with some people 
that are still hiding. Now, I personally believe that everybody has some kind of closet oh, yeah. that they're, that they're sure. yearning, you know, to come out of. I think and part of your, you sharing your story is so important because it actually does highlight, you know, I mean, hey, breeders, when was the last time you felt wrong? Like, when was the last time that you felt like you had to follow rules and you didn't meet all the requirements? You know, this is, this is really, really important conversation that isn't just about your sexuality. You know, it's about that, that feeling like you can't truly be yourself and that you have to hide part of yourself. So I totally agree with you, Debbie. Everybody's in some sort of closet and maybe some people's closets are bigger than others, but really it's all subjective, right? Like if you're hiding, you're letting that that piece of you that's hiding actually dictate how you show up everywhere, even when you think that it's not happening. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that piece that you're that any one of us is hiding is actually is actually the boss of you. Yep. Secrets of any kind just keep us stuck. They don't serve us. They don't serve the world. They don't serve healing. They don't serve any, any way that, you know, I can help people break loose from shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. I am all over that because it does not serve us. We're all completely human and completely divine all at the same time. I believe that's the point of our expression here. And that experience was valuable to me and purposeful because I learned so much because I was invested in knowing. And, you know, it was like, it, it felt like, of course, a long time, a long time coming um, when I was almost 40. But it was like something snapped in my head and I realized, wait a minute. There is nothing wrong with me. And I was at a potluck gathering and I didn't know the woman ahead of me. She was scooping some food and she shared her name and I shared my name. Nice to meet you. You know, the pleasantries that we do. And as I was scooping some salad on my plate, she looked at me and said, what if who you are is exactly who you're meant to be? And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't ask her to volunteer that. I didn't, I'd never met this woman. I, it was like God sent this angel and it was God in front of me. Like, because I was on this quest, like I felt like I needed to be okay and be free from this, free from this bondage that was keeping me stuck. And I, I nearly dropped my plate, seriously. I, mean, I didn't yeah. know what to say. I didn't know what to say. I was just like, just kind of got some more food, kept on going down the line. I mean, we didn't really speak again. But I got the download and the message because I had been asking for it for so long. And I think I was even creating some action steps in my own life to to be able to embrace that kind of truth. Like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with me. And what if who I am is exactly who I'm meant to be? It's meant to serve, not just me, but I use the word collective for like 
human, all of humanity, all of the greater higher good that is that exists. Mm -hmm. So that was phenomenal. It was a turning point in my life. And I sold my school that I had then. I moved to Austin, Texas, which was super, I only lived a couple of hours away and super but not of, conservative <laughs> not well let's say there are well, you know it is the capital of texas so there you are smack in the middle of uh government um but the people there the slogan was keep austin weird right and but i found the people to be open you know more expanded awareness like they didn't care they didn't care what I did in the privacy of my own bedroom. They didn't care. They just, you know, there was just these people I was meeting right and left that just believe in love. Like love. Well, what's the big hang up? Love is love. It doesn't matter how it shows up. It's an awesome thing when it does. And yeah, we like that. We dig that. Come be with us. So I lived there for a long time. It was awesome. So, so you have this moment where basically God speaks to you and says through, through the person that's in front of you at a gathering and says, you know, what if who you are is who you're meant to be and everything changes? Everything. Like I knew that I needed to, um, I mean, there were a few people that I wasn't hiding from, but obviously they were people that I trusted and they were gay too. So totally. it was like, we had this little protected club. in the club yeah yeah and um but i knew the first two people i needed to share this with um were my parents would be my mom and dad and so i knew they were gonna they lived in louisiana at the time i knew they were going to be coming to san antonio which was only like an hour or so from me a little bit more mm -hmm. to visit my aunt and um i told them i said I have something I'd love to share with you guys. I didn't want to freak them out. At the same time, uh, you know, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want to, I knew that they would have a process to navigate. Mm -hmm. I kind of had a, had a sense of how that would go. Mm -hmm. And I just told them, I said, I can no longer keep this a secret from you. The hiding, the pretending, um, the not telling you like I am the same daughter that you've raised and the same person that, you know, you just happen to know this one very big thing about me now. Now the experience was they were both shocked, which kind of shocked me. I was like, I'm almost 40 years old. I've never brought home a guy. I've always brought home my roommates, <laughs> right? There were signs they weren't picking up on. <laughs> oh my god denial so is big though right exactly like, was it was so big and they had expectations of me and you know of how they what they thought happiness was and sure i knew that they had an, a process to navigate too and i was willing to accept whatever that was because i knew the intention that i was bringing to that conversation was pure mm -hmm. and it was i love you i care about you and because i do I, I, I believe I owe you the truth and the truth, no matter how hard it is sometimes, 
whew, there's more room out than in. I so believe that. There is more room out than in. My mother came over, put her arms around me, whispered in my ear, I don't care. I, I love you and I just want you to be happy. My dad, it took him a while, you know, to navigate the process. It, it took some months, really, of some Did letter writing. At the time, he like, did, did not you... say a whole lot. No, he yeah. just sat there, look, just bewildered, like in total shock. Like, like who are you? Like, who yeah. are you? And how did I not pick up on this? And then mm -hmm. I could tell, you know, through his letters that he was spiraling a little bit. Like I must've done something. Oh. I did, you know, something on his part. Yeah, something I did or didn't do caused this in you. Mm. And, you know, it was upwards of a year, but um, I mean, we still had conversation. I just, but I honored whatever that process was. Mm -hmm. And the very first time, the very first gathering that was around Thanksgiving, um, the breakthrough happened when, when, that was, we would always go home, you know, that was kind of home base, right? My parents' house. And so I always stayed with them. I was like, so I didn't want to assume. So I, my mom, of course, was like, yes, you're staying here. And I go, well, I don't want it to be awkward for my partner and for me to stay there. We're not going to stay in separate rooms. And I would prefer to get a, a hotel, you know? So as the, as things unfolded, I got there and was prepared. I had a hotel reservation mm -hmm. and I was outside on the patio. I'll never forget this moment with my dad. He, um, he had had a six bypass. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't actually have a heart attack. They caught, they caught it on an EKG while he was doing a stress test. Mm -hmm. but he had a lot of blockages and had to have surgery. And so I think that in his facing mortality, mm -hmm. he realized that I don't care. I love you. You're my kid and nothing's ever going to change that. So I'm out there. We're literally giving him a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> Not literally. what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> literally and you're and an amazing he, daughter <laughs> <laughs> thank you I received uh so he said um have you brought in your have y'all gotten settled in the bedroom yet why don't you stay in the front bedroom which was where my brother's was kind of where my brother's bedroom was. I never lived with them because they moved when I was a senior in college. So that was never home base for me. They lived on the North shore of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, dad, you know, I, I made a hotel reservation because I really don't want there to be any, anything that's tense. I don't want my partner to feel that, um, not using her name for just purposes of protection. And, um, he said, um, no, I, I want you to stay here. I want you girls to stay here and you're my daughter and, and all is well. It really is all is well. So I called the hotel and canceled the reservation and stayed there. And it was the beginning. Well, 
No, it really wasn't the beginning. I think the beginning of the healing took place when I told him the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, that represented to me being able to tell the person most in my world who I was the most afraid of their response. Mm-hmm. Um, that healing happens for all kinds of reasons. And that when we're brave and we embrace the truth of who we are, that just set, starts a ripple effect in a pond, just a ripple effect in a pond. You'd, we never know what is going to come from that. And my life opened up in ways that I'm still surprised at. I've done some other brave things since, you know, but for purposes of this podcast, I, I wanted to, I really wanted to share this story because I really believe it'll still, it can still help people. It's viable. I mean, I meet people all the time and even some that are kids, you know, teenagers, early twenties, and they, they're not out and, um, you know, they're afraid. I would love to talk about, have a conversation about that and how our society is now, because, um, you know, there's so much more openness you know, there's so much more or perceived openness in our society with, I mean, we can be really basic, like, you know, will and grace, like that was huge. That was pivotal. I think when I was in high school, when that came out, maybe, I think, maybe not, God, I don't know. (laughs) But like, like our, our media is showing more um, same sex relationships and having transgender um, actors and actresses come and, you know, be represented on television and so there's I think you know as a straight person of course I'm not going to see all the nuances of the things that are there or aren't there because I'm I'm not in a minority in this case so my ability to see and recognize you know I can blanket say oh no society's pretty open based upon me being open you know and I think that you know, I grew up in a very diverse community, you know, where people of all different cultures, religions, you know, sexualities, et cetera, were all welcome. Like we intentionally lived in Columbia, Maryland when we grew up, when I grew up for that reason. And so I've kind of grew up in a, in a bubble of a sorts where, you know, diversity is welcome. Now, is there still discrimination? Is there still like us and them? Yes, but I don't believe as much as it is in the quote-unquote real world, as we like to call it. Um, how can, what, what is your perception and the perception of people that are still, you know, in the closet or hiding around their sexuality and are afraid to come out? You know, what is, what is the experience? Like, is, I can make assumptions, but I won't make assumptions because it's not my, my point of view. You know, it's not my 100% experience. Like, I want to know what is, what is it like to go to a new place and be uncertain as to how people may respond and what can, from your point of view, what can those of us allies do in order to make, you know, basically make the world a better place and make people of all different kinds of perspectives feel more comfortable? Okay. Well, I'm going to go backwards from your question, your line of question. I think what, what people can do and support, there's so much more support now and it is so much less taboo. I mean, we're having the hard conversations on the planet right now. You know, there's a lot of divisiveness 
in the diversity, whether it's racism, whether it's sexism, you know, whether it's sexual orientation. And I mean, being different, well, what's different anyway? You know, what, what is, what is the definition of different and who, right. Who, who the determines who the hell not to put the definition of that in the dictionary. Right. right. Take the pen away from them. <laughs> so there are people I think that have been, you know, whether it's um, the me too movement, whether it's people that are starting to speak the truth about, you know, how they've, how they've been portrayed or how they've been violated, whether it's, you know, racism now that we're seeing a lot of things happening, you know, there is a, a, a collective conglomerate <laughs> happening and it is creating what feels like a, a vast divide. But I really believe that that was necessary to bring us back to uh, um, a place of connection mm -hmm. and belonging and that different equals, what is different equals? Um, different equals all of us. That's what it equals. <laughs> it equals all of us. And because we're all unique in a very profound way, there are some people that have done things, you know, that they may regret from 40 years ago, but the consequences are really real. Um, it begs the question, like, no matter when it happened, there is an opportunity for healing. Mm -hmm. And I think the more people that show up in support of, mm -hmm. tell their stories in bravery, be willing to, to say the truth of what happened, no matter what the consequences might be. Like, I remember just for me, and what felt kind of really big to me could be really small in comparison to some things, but it's all relative. And although I was super, super scared, I was also at the same time super, super, like, tired of holding this in. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? My parents disown me? Okay. Well, it's better than, than the alternative to keep, to just waste away, you know, and maybe die of some disease, dis-ease, you know, be, that I bring upon myself. So I think people having the conversations, listening, expanded thought, just because we don't agree with another person's perspective doesn't mean they're wrong. Right. It just, it the question like you're right <laughs> doesn't mean they're wrong right that was good I got that <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'm funny unintentionally and sometimes I'm funny intentionally and that was that one just slipped out as being both a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B <laughs> that was awesome that was awesome but it's so true um and I think for the people that are still struggling with something, you know, they're going to look to us. They're going to look to the, the sort of greater collective for answers and for courage. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you may go, well, gosh, if she can do that or if he can do that, so can I. Even the great master teacher Jesus said, <laughs> one of the great master teachers, said, greater works will you do. 
Now that scares the shit out of me because me too. <laughs> there's great more? Works. <laughs> yes, because there is. And even Jesus knew that. And there's so the, in this greater works sort of where we are in this place, uh, in the collective and in the times that we live, I think just requires those of us, um, that embrace that call to just be brave. And it can be in little ways. Um, you know, you start small, but there is so much more room out than in. And you, do you mind telling me what you mean by that? You said it a couple of times. Yeah. I'd just like love if you would, wouldn't mind expanding on what you mean. No. So, so much more room out than in. Yeah. Think about keeping anything inside of yourself, whether it's a secret, whether it's emotion, mm -hmm. um, whether it's, you know, well, anything that, that, like you could be constipated for all kinds of reasons, right? And I'm thinking about the one time I was constipated now. <laughs> <laughs> it is not pleasant. It was so, when I was in chronic pain and taking narcotics, like the worst, the worst. Like, what, I, I wasn't on sharing this but like there's there's that's like such a literal a literal like example that I'm sure everyone has had an experience of at least one once in their life where you're how painful it can be for something to stay inside you know totally and we're masking the pain with something in this case maybe a narcotic in other cases you know, maybe it's, we're masking the, the symptom, you know, we're, that's in us that wants to have expression that wants to just poof, wash. There's so much more room out than in, whether it's you cry for 20 minutes, you know, ball and wail just to give your emotions a place to be. It's like, we, we need a place to put things mm -hmm. not, you know, not within us because there is only so much room inside of us. And right. so, by more room out than in, I mean saying it, expressing it, you know, the act of unconstipating ourselves, you know, comes from, comes in all kinds of ways. And that was, that's a kind of a visual that I think people can, um, you're welcome. Can grab. Everyone. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> having the experience at least noticing like if you're a person that is having you know is keeping something in right now like maybe it's about a relationship you know maybe it's about you know your money status maybe it's about you know so many of our the things there's like a couple of different categories of things that we're dissatisfied with right it's like our relationships like our money and like our bodies and things like that so we could be holding in feelings and thoughts about all of those things you know and let me just tell you as someone that's held in lots of things over time in all of those areas and more when you feel like it's not okay to be who you are because i had that experience too like it's it's not just about you know sexuality it's about allowing yourself to to show up as you and 
God, like that can be scary. And, and gosh, like, I mean, I'm a recovering people pleasing overachiever. Let me tell you, I was never being who I was because I was never taught. I was always taught that keeping other people happy was, was the way to be happy. And well, keeping other people happy and being yourself, those things aren't, <laughs> you can't do both, right? And what happens, what's ha what ha I can relate to this so much is you get to the point where like something happens. Like you have the, the straw that breaks the camel's back could be a breakdown, a mental breakdown. It could be a physical breakdown. It could be both in my case, you know, when you have this realization that, oh my God, like I have not been being myself all this time and I didn't even know it. Like, let's talk about, well, would you be open to having a conversation about what does it feel like in our in your body in our collective bodies to be holding something in about ourselves because i think that you know depression and anxiety like these emotional type things and pain and illness are so often like even though it seems like oh no that's just emotion or oh that's just physical that can't possibly be related to the thing that i'm hiding about myself or the self that i'm hiding from everyone Let's, let's have a conversation about that because I think that I learned the hard way that those are indicators that homegirl's not doing something she needs to do for herself, you know? Like, why do I keep getting sick or why do I feel so upset all the time? Like, these are the, you know, the red flags. They become red flags over time, right? They might've started as a pink flag, but it <laughs> got to be, you know, a red flag, like flashing neon signs, like lights, oh, hey, pay attention, pay attention. Like, did you find yourself having those any kind of emotional or physical sensations that you know were that you believe are linked to keeping keeping the secret oh absolutely uh i i felt really alone and i knew i wasn't on some level but the way i was raised and the way i was taught to believe mm -hmm. uh, you know by by keeping that secret, I was so afraid of what would happen if I told it, like that I would lose everything. Yeah. That worked hard to build. Mm -hmm. And quite the opposite is always mostly true. It really is. Um, you know, I was, I was feeling some sickness in my body emotionally. I was not well. Um, I think I was hiding some depressive um, symptoms and you know when you gotta put you, the happy mask on I know all I'm, about that you know especially when you're you're the expectation is that you're the good person you're the kind person you're the you know happy-go-lucky person I think we may have that in common um, it can be who you actually are but up until that point it can also be the mask that you that you put on and then you go home and you're not happy and that that contrast of you know mm -hmm. i think a lot of us deal with that you know we put on the happy-go-lucky mask and then we go home we take it off and we're like well how? i'm not that the two things aren't you know the, the how i feel when i'm by myself and how i'm showing everyone i feel are two hugely different things yeah, and it's and I think it's a way that we've been set up to operate, you know, and behave. Like there is so much freedom in vulnerability. Mm. And being brave requires vulnerability. And maybe you don't tell the whole story, 
but you can tell some of the story to someone. And the more you start in your own authenticity saying what's true for you, you never know, you know, we never know. It's like one action step after another, after another, until we're almost sprinting um, toward a finish line. And when we get to that finish line, then we're in a whole new race. Totally. You, know? <laughs> you think it's race. over, but yeah. really it's just begun. And I don't want people to be afraid of that, you know, because. No, because you know, it's fun. It's like, okay, who, most people, I don't play them. But I think most people can re can relate to video games. Oh yeah, yes. And I mean, no, no, I don't play video games. <laughs> I used to. So okay, you can relate. Everybody can relate. I don't play them, but I've been around them, and I am, I am, I have a competitive nature. I played sports all my life, and so I get that. And it's like we 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 put this pressure on ourselves to beat this level, right? Yes. And it's so exciting when we do, and we celebrate it maybe for a nanosecond. Totally. Before, before we go, oh, I got to get to the next level because I beat that one. Instead of just, wow, whew, I beat that level, you know, and really sort of I up leveled to the next level and just celebrate. I mean, literally, really celebrate that before we start level. And I'm so, 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 so grateful that you brought this up because what I'm learning now is exactly what you're saying. Like we really do, like we're working towards something, you know, it might be a goal or, you know, or it might be being great, like a goal that we set and we're working towards it or it revealing a truth that we're scared about revealing. Like these things can be a multitude they can look a multitude of ways in our lives and we do it. And you're absolutely right. Like we're like, and what's next? What? Wait a minute. You're there's this level of appreciation and celebration. And I, this has been like huge for me in the last couple months is appreciation and celebration are so, so important in, in our, when our brains really just want to go to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I think sharing our stories, sharing, our celebrations, allowing other people to honor us and allow ourselves to honor ourselves. Like that the practices that I feel that this podcast and you know the community that we're building through this podcast and you know through our interactions, you know, let's let's embrace celebration. Like let's embrace appreciation of ourselves and other people because there's something there. You know, celebration and appreciation actually brings us together. Like, think about when we have a birthday. I have my, I'm reaching level 41 in a couple of weeks. And so often, you know, I was like, ah, it's not important. You know, I don't want to celebrate. I don't want to celebrate it. I don't want the attention. I don't want these things. But the truth of the matter is that, like, every day is something to celebrate, yet we are actually minimizing ourselves when we're not taking the time to appreciate and celebrate ourselves and others. And I just feel like there's something really, really important there. Would you say more about it? Very important. You know, I think we just don't stop and smell the roses, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> um, we just, we're, we live in a, in a time in the world that everything is sort of on speed up. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like 
you know, we're plugged in to technology. We're plugged in all the times, you know, our phones, our little computer. Uh, And we're, we're probably not, most of us are ever without them for any length of time. And it's true. There is so much calling to us and that energy um, is palpable for one. Uh, I mean, I think we all feel it on certain levels, but it, it's, it's also just sort of lending toward like, there's more, 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 more to do instead of, wait a minute, stop and smell the damn roses. Like go out and just take a walk in nature and breathe and ground and appreciate the birds and the trees and the air that we get to breathe and the space that is all around us and gratitude for all that we do have. And we don't often celebrate in that way, which is a way to celebrate always uh, is to reconnect maybe even in the, in some silence, but reconnect with, for lack of a better word, I'll just say source, the source of all that is. And we don't, you know, to receive, I think we have to have that steal away time Mm -hmm. so that other people want to celebrate you, Amy, on your 41st birthday. (laughs) So whether you are, you know, plant, whatever our patterns are, you know, playing small, not want to be seen, don't want to be visible. It's not a big deal. Totally. Um, I could sign, I could do a checklist, you know, and check like all of those things for myself, you know, and like people see, see us, I'm sure both, you know, of us doing, you know, speaking on Facebook live and doing podcasts and they think, oh, well, those people aren't like me. And I think that part of you know, our purpose is, and, and the purpose of this podcast and these conversations are so important is because so often we go out and we have our secret and we think if people knew this about me, they would abandon me. They would laugh at me. Everything would fall apart. Like life as I know it would be different, would, would change. And that's happened to me in, in many different, in many different forms in my life. And number one, who says that everything falling apart is bad, Right because we have this safety uh, around the sense of I'm safe when I know when certain things are certain. And when we kind of rip the bandaid off and we do something brave and new and we tell a secret, um, we're basically opening ourselves up to a hundred percent uncertainty. And we're saying that that's bad. We're saying that that's scary. We're saying like, you know, everything will fall apart, but, What if the truth is everything will actually fall together and even more so is there's such an us, I I don't experience this in my own life, but what I see in the media and what I see people upset about is there's a lot of us versus them. You know, there's, there's so many opportunities to say, you know, the bosses and the employees, the Republicans and the Democrats, you know, like people of this race and people of that race and people of this belief system and people of this that belief system, what I found is, you know, I, I get, you know, enraged by certain points of view often as well. You know, I don't believe, I believe that we are all equal and that everyone's story is important. And I believe that everyone share that people sharing their perspectives and in doing that brings us all together. So the thing, the kinds of things that piss me off are the limited thinking. And then I have to remind myself that that person is just like me. They're, they're 
also hiding something, afraid of something, have a family and have these belief systems that are keeping them safe. And that I, the, the best that you and I, or I'll just speak for myself is the best that I can do is give love and share of who I am in this moment. And what I found is that taking that approach to meeting all different kinds of people is even if there's like a, oh, I can't believe this person thinks differently. You know, how, how can they think this way? When I start to have conversations, when I start to hear people's stories, allow people to sit, to share the things that they want to share. What I found over and over and over again is connection and commonalities. And, you know, there's so much more that we have in common and there's so much to be celebrated in our differences. Like the amount that I, the opportunity I had to learn from other people telling their stories and their point of view is massively huge. And I think that when we, oopsies, undo the veil, you know, rip off the band-aid and we start saying the things that we feel in our heart. And if more people can start to do that, then what we realize is, you know what, Debbie, you, I might be a breeder and, you know, you might be gay, but we have, we're so much more alike than we are different, right? Yeah. Like there, yeah. here's this one thing. Oh, we both love. Sweet. Like, there we go. Again, something else in common. And I think that part of the purpose of me inviting you to share your story and inviting others to share their story is, is to honor all of that we are truly connected by and how even if my story isn't like yours, exactly like yours, my story is so much like yours, that this is a place where you're willing to share your, your opportunity to be brave is actually a point of connection for all of us. Yes, I love that you said that about uncertainty, because I really believe that the uncertain places is where the magic happens. Yes. And our brain is so convinced it means like, I think somebody yeah. out there said that every fear is actually the fear of death. Like one of my teachers said, you know, every fear is the fear of death. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And then when you think about it, like what is death, right? That no longer existing as I was before, you know, my life not existing in the same way. So it might be a metaphorical death that we're afraid of. Um, and I to absolutely totally agree with that because we have this idea the same means safe and different and unknown means death and danger. And our brain is always on alert to keep us from death and danger, AKA the uncertainty and the unknown. What if we were to start to kind of re reprogram ourselves and tell a different story that the unknown is like, when we get a present, we don't know what the present is. Well, we're freaking excited to rip off that wrapping paper and discover what's in there, you know, because it's this amazing thing. I just know it is, you know, yeah. and what if like not knowing what if the uncertainty and the unknown isn't you're going to die if you do this or your life as you know, it will never be the same. And th that basically being death too. What if it was like opening a gift? What if it's opening a present and we start thinking about all the amazing things that we could be uncovering as we enter into this uncertainty. I love that. Yeah. The unknown, the unknown of the present is the present. It's like being present to the present, right? <laughs> I heard someone say one time that unless you're in mortal danger and you know the difference, mm -hmm. fear is really actually just a compass. Mm -hmm. It's just a compass showing you a way to go. 
And when we, you know, that meant a lot to me. And I've, I've given that a lot of um, presence and thought in my life. It's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm not in mortal danger. And if I'm feeling something that I feel afraid of, then it's just a compass. It just wants to tell me and wants to share with me a direction and show me that I am headed maybe in the right direction. Like, follow right. your fear. <laughs> right. Because when you're talking about a compass, like, I just want, you know, to be clear that you're actually saying that that's the way to go, not the thing to, it's actually, it's counterintuitive to our, what our nervous system tells us, what our fear is telling us. Um, but oftentimes the thing that we're most afraid of is the thing that is actually going to set us the most free. Yep. And compasses are true north. I mean, that's what they align to. Whenever you bring them out, the, the magnetic energy of the compass represents true north. And we could go off on a completely different subject about what true north means, but, but perhaps it is just aligning who we are with who we want to be. And then that equals what we want to be about. It really is as simple as that. And it starts with being brave, being willing, being vulnerable to share our story, whatever the story is. And everyone's is different, but every story has a place and every story will serve mm -hmm. in some way. And, and serve yourself and it can also serve others. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely. just important to point out because, you know, Debbie and I have had this conversation already, you know, but we're choosing to have it in a public way because Debbie's story, my story, your story, the people, everybody that is a human out there that has a story, I want to remind you that your story can help you. You know, so maybe the first step is you writing it down. And man, like that could be scary. Like I've, uh, I'm at a point where I'm like, should I write down my story? And my brain is like, absolutely not. You don't want to relive anything. You don't want to do that. It feels very scary, right? But why? It's already happened. You know, it's, it's not anything, anything new. But sometimes like we have this resistance um, that doesn't always feel like fear. Maybe it feels like procrastination. Maybe it feels like, you know, just some kind of avoidance. Maybe, oh, that's not the best thing to do or whatever. And I think that the more that we can support one another in, in sharing and doing the fear thing and doing the scary thing, um, the more we're actually helping not only ourselves, but our friends and anybody that sees this podcast or you're, you're actually helping anybody that you meet ever in your life. Because when you more fully step into who you are, I fully believe that people feel it. You know, it's why Debbie and I were talking about before this podcast, we have people come up to us like in the grocery store and tell us their life story. And we're like, we didn't say anything. Like, you know, there's people out there that this is common, like this happens, right? And I, I believe that it, it has something to do with when we own our own shit, when we own our own stories. And, and I'm talking about the, the dark ones, you know, the light ones, the gray ones. But when you, when you realize that that's part of who you are and that's okay, people without even you needing to say something feel safer 
in your presence. They somehow know that you are a safe person to share with. And random people wouldn't be coming up and telling us their life story in the grocery store if people didn't need someone to hear their story. And that being an important part of the process. That is so true. That is so true. So I realized I just looked at the time <laughs> and um, we could talk for hours, absolutely hours. And I just want to, you know, toss the baton back to you, Debbie. What, you know, what else would you like people to know um, that you feel like if you could send a message to like everybody in the world based upon your being brave experiences as Debbie Slazer at this point in your life, what, what would you want everyone to know? What would be their, your message to the world? That who you are, beloved, is exactly who you're meant to be. Shine your light because it's begging, it's begging to, to shine. And everything is gonna be all right. Every little thing is gonna be all right. You are loved and adored by me and I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't have to be in someone's presence necessarily to, to fall in love with them. Like I do and it does happen. Just like I fall in love with you, Amy, and we've just been on Zoom presence, right? So there's so much more. It's totally 100% mutual. Just so everyone knows, I love Debbie's laser. I feel like we could have a podcast. Like we could talk every week and have yeah. something amazing to create and share with you guys. So like absolutely 100%, I feel the same way. I want to thank you for inviting me to do this with you. I'm excited for how this will all unfold for you and for everybody that hears it and listens to it. I just really believe just like that ripple effect in a pond, just like the wave is to the ocean, it's, we're all collective, we're all unique. There's not the same ripple doesn't happen, not the same wave happens, you know, but the rhythm and flow of life is always happening. It's like, I want to be in that. I want to be in that flow. I want to be present to that flow. We're all in it, whether we're present to it or not but I choose to be present to it. So thank you, Amy, for having me on and for this amazing conversation. Yes, I agree. We could talk for hours and we probably <laughs> will get off and we'll just talk more. <laughs> <laughs> it is so my intention that this serves, that this serves some human soul out there that needed to hear this. Absolutely. Uh, know that you are brave and that your bravery is noticed by us. Absolutely. And um, adored by us and who you are is who exactly who you're meant to be so thank you Debbie that's so so powerful so you know for anybody that's that's listening to our interview and is like I have to have me some more Debbie Slazer like I have to work with her you know you know that feeling everybody you know when you hear someone speak and you just are magnetized to who they are if you are feeling that and you want to know more about debbie debbie where can people find out who you are and what you do and just more about your amazingness well thank you for that so i have a site called livingoutofthecloset.com livingoutofthecloset.com tell you a little bit more more about me and 
Um, I am endeavoring to tweak that a little bit, but it's out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I do have a Facebook business profile. If you just type in Debbie Slazer, there, I think I'm the only one on the planet. Like seriously, <laughs> <laughs> there's only one. I don't, see. I don't mean that, in that. That Slazer is a very, uh, and it's spelled just like it sounds S L A Z E R. It's a very unusual name. And, um, there are not a lot of people on the planet by that name. So perfect. Uh, if you type that in the search bar on Facebook, they'll, they'll find me and I'd love to engage with anyone. I'm, I'm an open book and if, however I can help and serve, that's what I'm here to do. Awesome. And, and Debbie is a very, very powerful, as you've just gotten an hour long conversation with her, she's a very powerful speaker. Um, she also sings, which is amazing. And um, I highly, highly recommend that you reach out to her if you feel drawn to her message, who she is. Um, that's our intuition telling us to take our next brave step. So in wrapping up, I just want to tell everyone out there and ask the question, you know, in what way can you be brave today, intentionally? And, you know, come back, let us know um, how you've been brave and uh, come back for our next podcast. We're going to have, at this point, one a week um, indefinitely. So be sure to follow me, Amy Bernier, on Facebook and I'll keep you in the loop. So until next time, I see you, I believe in you, and I love you. See you next time, guys. Bye.